Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. And history. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. I'm Daisy. episode along with lucy crying and alice swearing there's going to be a number of historical terms for disability that are now considered extremely offensive hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the label podcast with me and lucy and this uh, episode we've i've been told off for calling her our tame historian so um i was thinking perhaps rabid academic daisy is here <laughs> <laughs> it's, Hi, it's Daisy. The... Hi. <laughs> has to be rabid to some extent for me to be allowed anywhere near the word that academic. That is the one thing that we've learned. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm you good. Thank you, you. I've got a different setup in yeah. here for the microphone, the desk, and everything, so that I can more easily, frantically Google anything you ask me. <laughs> Brilliant. She does do prep, ladies and gents. She does do prep, but there are times where she goes, uh, I didn't check. I've not Googled that because I didn't know you were going to ask that question. So now we can ask Daisy anything. Absolutely. I mean, y you do ask very questions that I would not have thought of. <laughs> Weird questions. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's what? the nice way of saying Daisy's like, I don't know what's going on in your head. <laughs> oh, what was that 18th century guy's favourite animal? I don't know. <laughs> Why are you even thinking about that, girl? Like, you have not a clue. Like, yeah, I'm sure there is yeah. an answer. What do you want me to do about it? Like, I... <laughs> Can I just say, Daisy, in between the last time we spoke, so the last time we spoke was we did the uh, History of Autism episode. And mm. this episode, I occasionally come across your tweets on Twitter and every single one of them makes me laugh out loud. And my mum now goes, Daisy again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So I am a proper fan girl, I think. I'm not just, just going to teach her this as I love Daisy on it. I would not be opposed to that. No, we don't. We'll, we'll get you your own merch available. It's, when, when your name is a flower, it is quite easy. My sister used to buy me um, what she determined self-captioning clothes. Right. It's just if she saw a t-shirt that just had a load of daisies on it. So there you go. That's yours? Yep. <laughs> I suppose it saves you on kind of introductions. You can just like point at yourself and be like, Hi. Yeah, just point at my chest. And... <laughs> yeah. That could be very confusing. People call you Daisy or just boobs. Yeah. You're not that boobs girl. She's really weird. Who <laughs> <laughs> likes history? <laughs> We've got another history episode today, haven't we? We Alice. have. We're doing a, a story swap history lesson like the uh, the Rosa and Sarah one that we did. A million years ago, it feels like now. Which went down very well. Very if we do well. say so ourselves. If we do say so ourselves. Um, um, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say um, sort of what we're doing today. So this is one where uh, I'm going to tell Lucy's story. Lucy's going to tell me a story. Daisy's going to listen and tell us when we're wrong. Or just add little bits in. So I'm going first this week because... Uh, yeah. 
Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, I'm going first this week, partly because Lucy went first last time, and um, I'm doing uh, mine's just a little bit, little bit rough, guys. Yeah. Um, so, oh, we're uh, going to have to put a content warning on this, aren't we? Yes, I've got, yeah. I've got notes for trigger warnings and and stuff, guys, because uh, I will be telling you about the life of Rosemary Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So, is everybody strapped in, ready to go? Yeah, I've got me. Uh, yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prepared myself for this squeamish feeling I'm going to be feeling in about fifteen minutes, probably. So, Rosemary Kennedy is known as Rosemary throughout her life. Was born in September 1918 during the Spanish flu ep- epidemic in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, something that we're all probably quite familiar with that kind of feeling you know, living, living in our own pandemic. Um, She was the third child and first daughter of Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy and Joseph P. Kennedy Sr. Those names tell you a lot about the kind of family that she was born into. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, be prepared for that. Uh, The doctor who was supposed to attend Rosemary's birth was delayed because of the demands of all the other patients during the epidemic. And so Rose, Rosemary's mum, um, was told not to push, and apparently Rosemary's birth was delayed by two hours. Whoa. Mm. Supposedly, she wasn't just told not to push. The baby started coming out, and she was told to press her legs together to stop it. What? I didn't think that even worked. I, Did that, that I, work? I'm pretty sure it, like... That's like saying cross your legs when you need a wee, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've never had a baby, so I haven't no. had the opportunity to test this. Yeah. <laughs> Just based on logic and a few films, I don't think that would work. No. No. Uh, yeah. So people think that when this, like, this this leg togetherness uh, caused <laughs> Rosemary to be deprived of oxygen, and that that is uh, potentially what caused her cognitive impairments later in life. Right. Okay. All right. Rosemary began missing the usual kind of milestones in her childhood, taking longer to learn to walk and talk and like read than her older brothers, who were Joe Jr. and the future president, John Jack Kennedy. Throughout her life, Rosemary's mum would complain about her daughter's poor coordination and difficulty keeping up with like how sporty and physically active the rest of the family were. Right. The Kennedys were an affluent and powerful family, uh, both politically and socially. Rose's father had been a politician and her husband, Joe Senior, would go on to be the US ambassador to the United Kingdom in the 1930s. Uh, Rose and Joe Senior would go on to have nine children in total. Whoa. Yep. And out of their offspring, they'd end up with uh, two senators, a duchess and a president. I mean, that's good going, isn't it, really, to be fair? The family of high achievers, I think. Yeah. (laughs) It's safe to say. And a familial dynasty that still goes on to this day in America. Yep. Yep. And they were really considered to be, like, the pinnacle of, uh, like, Irish Catholics immigrant sort of success. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of money. Were they like the, were they like the poster people for? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They were they were celebrities. They were yeah. in the press. They were, 
Um, I've got words like stylish, popular, ambitious. Uh, seems like anything they decided to work towards, they would achieve. Right. Um, their children. So they they are like the American dream. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And they still are, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The children all went to fancy pants private Catholic schools and mixed with the like political and social elite of the time. Of course. Of course. A lot of pressure from mum and dad to maintain kind of these really high standards and reputation of the family. And it's clear from the stuff that I read it, that none of that was subtle. Like books and letters written by the Kennedy kids and like the children when they were both kids and adults, like that their parents were openly pressuring them and had no problems with like admonishing them for not meeting their expectations Mm -hmm. so obviously having a daughter with developmental delay through quite a spanner in the works yeah i have a lovely quote from joe senior saying i don't know what it is that makes eight children shine like a dollar coin and another one dull Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cheers, Dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, that's that was their feelings about Rosemary her entire life. It is worth noting that they did keep her at home and cared for her there, and they still took her out to, you know, social functions and things like that, which yeah. wasn't... I mean... They they didn't want to institutionalise her. Yes. You but... know, the the implication often of the things you read is that that's particularly rare. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, as rare in poorer people. But in people of their standing, mm-hmm. I think it probably was quite rare for them to not only keep her at home, but also, you know, take her out places. But apparently she was, you know, people really loved her because she was so happy. I think part of my sort of my thing with what I've read, though, is that they weren't doing that because they were thought it would be good for rosemary they were doing that because they couldn't have the rep like their reputation couldn't deal with having a daughter who was institutionalized like they were just not having that do you think daisy was a bit of half and half yeah yeah there were cer- certainly elements of elements of both you know they can try and play happy families but yeah. at the same time there was there was no hiding it really and you know if they'd wanted to put her into an institution from birth they would not have been the only ones of their standing Standing it wouldn't have been an uncommon thing and you have to look at the royal family don't you really yeah you know they have a long Um, history of keeping people hidden in a way yeah um to know that it you know does go on yeah and as we know from you know later in her life they didn't have an issue with it but Mm. that's what alice will get to i'm sure yeah Yeah. i mean i'm (laughs) I my personal feelings are like they kept her at home but they didn't it wasn't because they accepted her you know no. they they spent her childhood trying to fix her yeah so it really started being an issue for them when uh so Rosemary was the first daughter then there was another two um Kathleen and Eunice and both of them had surpassed her in like kindergarten and gone up onto like later primary education and rosemary was still being held back so they took her out of this like the fancy pants school that she was at and sent her to a more uh, sort of private not private as in i mean it was privately funded but quiet less prestigious and well-known um school 
And this would be the first of many moves for Rosemary. She ended up going to five different schools, uh, not to mention a bunch of summer camps and like out of term classes oh. and stuff like that. Just and it summer was camps. Yeah. But it was it was all about trying to treat her. So they were like, right. oh, maybe this teaching style will make her learn and this will make her perform better and things like that. So Right. Did any of them did any of them work? Do we know? There's one that I'm gonna come on to talk about a little bit later. I just one of the things like so talking about her then wanting to keep her at home and you know taking her out to places one of the things that was really clear from my reading is that there was an element of of denial about it so they they wouldn't tell the like educators and stuff about rosemary's needs so uh, there's one story the last summer camp that rosemary went to before what happened to her in 1941 was she was sent to this summer camp and the people who like ran it were expecting her to be like a camp counsellor to be there to like support the you know teenage kids and you know do stuff with the young kids and they knew that she was being sent with like a companion but mm -hmm. i i guess they thought you know she's a kennedy maybe it's like a maid or something yeah but when rosemary got there it was clear that basically the companion was there to to supervise rosemary at all times and that rosemary needed as much like emotional and practical support as the kids like she she wasn't she didn't have the ability well, yeah, yeah she couldn't she couldn't have you know ugh. don't you think that like the parents by not disclosing her needs i mean i know it's a very some, it can be very controversial sometimes but but are not disclosing at least the basic needs that she might need. They're setting her up to fail anyway. I, I mean, beyond that for me, like it goes into a safety issue. Like some yeah. of the stuff, there's a story about how she needed orthotics in her shoes and they didn't tell the um, place that she was staying at that she needed to be reminded and helped to put those in her shoes. And so it wasn't until the and she didn't say anything because she'd been taught not to like kick up a fuss and so it yeah. wasn't until they saw her feet bleeding because her shoes weren't fitting properly oh, god and it's just her parents just didn't think to tell people that she might need that extra support and so it was her that suffered I suppose in this day and age you know we are you know there's no shame in mobility aids and all that kind of thing and takes a lot of coming to terms with but i suppose back then there is this kind of Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be, you know. Certainly for the Kennedy family. Yeah, exactly. With that status comes with comes that level of nothing's wrong, everything's fine, everything's fine. This makes me sad. It, yeah, this is a sad story. There's a lot of debate about what was actually quote-unquote wrong with Rosemary. Yeah. Some people said that she was dyslexic and that she had reportedly a low IQ for whatever that's worth. I don't think IQ tests are worth much particularly. No. Other people believe it was like a more complex learning difficulty or cognitive impairment. And more recently, there's been an argument that she actually might have had a mental illness, uh, something right. like a depressive disorder because she had a lot of mood swings. But whatever it was, in all the books that I read, and you know even her family throughout her entire life called her mentally retarded which i put in very heavy quotes that's a lovely phrase isn't, isn't it? it lovely mm. Mm. It, it was a medical 
you know a medical term was it this sort of thing yeah yeah it's um this is why uh most of my the things that i write about disability history every single one of them has a you know a content warning yeah for for what what i call quote historical terms for disability mm. yeah. like mm. you know it's obviously we would never say that now it's such a horrible term but then it would have been what the doctors were telling them do you ever find yourself daisy when you're writing and like wincing as it's like, i really don't know do i really need to write this down or or are you a bit more it is what it is it was well, what I, it was yeah i mean i guess i do get uncomfortable with it but i know that i do still have to do it yeah i think it's important to do it as well yeah i think not to to sort of you can't re- sugarcoat it can you really no yeah like no. particularly with with um photos of things that you know contain those sorts of words because obviously you know so when when i put pictures of you know disability history related things onto my instagram then it's you know you can't rely on someone reading the, the words of, of you you know kind of explaining that like yeah. no this is a historical term this isn't what i'm calling it and all of that yeah, but then I, I realised that there were points when I was kind of sitting there going, hmm, should I post this image or not? And then going, well, hang on a minute. No, that that is, I can't just not, I can't just not acknowledge that these terms were used. Uh, I ended up um, writing a sort of like glossary of, you know, disability history language and kind of where things come from and what they used to mean. And, you know, so it would be terms like that, you know, like retardation and things like that that was kind of this was a medical term now obviously we don't use it because of this but also like the origins of words like um like invalid which i mm. see a lot of people get you know they really don't like now a lot of these terms have a lot of like confusing background that you don't mm. understand so like like there's a place in london called Cripplegate. yes and um there's just been a debate for well, decades which is what like why is it called Cripplegate is does it come from a word which is actually unrelated just Mm. sounds a bit like cripple or was it because there was a hospital there that was you know dealing with a lot of disabled people or was it just that you know there were some cripples nearby once (laughs) you know there's so many reasons why these things are called (laughs) anything that it's really difficult to yeah tear it all apart that's fascinates me anyway alice carry on back to rosemary um yes sorry (laughs) So we have to to keep it light because we know what's coming. It's like (laughs) I'm going to tell you a little bit about who Rosemary was as a person because a lot of if you you know read the kind of surface stuff, it's just all all this tragic story of Rosemary. But actually, I think I think it's important to know who Rosemary was. So like she was just as ambitious and like sort of keen to take part as her siblings. She was like you can see in letters that she writes to her family how like how much she wanted to impress her and how impress them and how important their approval was she particularly like fond of her dad and would like work really hard to to do stuff to kind of get his approval and make him proud so she apparently she she worked really hard on like writing and literacy and get assistance from like school teachers to write stories and stuff to send to her dad and she was constantly like in her letters right up into like her early 20s um you know saying oh 
I hope that I can make you happy with this. And, you know, I hope that you're proud of me for doing X, Y, and Z, you know, and I hope you know I'm trying really hard and stuff like that. She really wanted their approval. She was obviously getting a lot of pressure there. Mm. But she was also like, she was really like friendly. She enjoyed arts and crafts. And um, in her like later teens and early 20s, when she was at these summer camps and stuff, although she needed, um, you know, quite a lot of support when it came to like little kids, she was really like, she really enjoyed spending time with them, playing with them. She'd read to them apparently because she's got so many like much younger siblings. She was always trying to like help her mum with them and get involved. She obviously liked little kids. Yeah. Her siblings describe her as sweet and she was really sociable and friendly and happy she really liked getting her nails done and having her makeup and like wearing fashionable clothes and uh really liked getting like complimented as well she was always like liked it when people told her she was pretty and she just yeah she just sounds like a like a a nice sweet lady but she definitely did need some extra support so reportedly her reading and writing abilities uh, never really got past those of the quote-unquote average 12-year-old. She had poor coordination her whole life, famously tripping and like stumbling when she was presented to King George and Queen Elizabeth um, at royal court. Uh, she had trouble like following and understanding social etiquette um, and didn't necessarily have like age-appropriate behaviour and reactions. She needed guidance and routine to be able to kind of stay safe and maintain her personal hygiene. Yeah. There's there's a story about her being away at some summer camp and hiding used sanitary products in her trunk because she nobody had explained to her what to do with them when she was away. Yeah. And she didn't she didn't have the uh cognitive sort of ability to be able to puzzle out for herself well what this is i'm somewhere different what do i do at home and how would that translate to being somewhere different she could verbalize but her vocabulary was not what people expected of a like a young woman in high society and she apparently had uh episodes of like rage and frustration that would sometimes escalate into physical aggression right from my reading i think that Rosemary's happiest time was in the uh, late 1930s when her dad's political career took them to England. And this is uh, the the place where I think the kind of educational style really benefited Rosemary. Rosemary. So, yeah. Do you know on Montessori schoolers? I think I may have heard of it a little bit. I don't know. I want to say... No, to, to some woman whose name, first name I can't remember, uh, something, she was a doctor, Montessori, basically um, came up with this teaching method that where kids aren't grouped by age, but more by like ability. Ability, yes, yes. The school I went to eventually, after I'd left, reverted to that system of rather yeah. than age, do it by ability. And it worked a lot better for the, the children they had when by the time i'd left school so but the emphasis is also very much like on intuitive learning rather than yeah. like uh, academic skills of like recalling facts and uh-huh. stuff like that and it uses a lot of um like natural sort of what's the word I'm looking, like natural materials for teaching so so it's a bit like a forest school almost that kind of system <laughs> of, so we sit outside near a campfire there's a good amount of routine 
Um, I think it's small class sizes. I think it's it's very supportive. So while she was there, she had a paid companion who was like close to her age. But it just in her letters, it sounds like she really enjoyed what she was doing. This is the place where she first started doing like the reading to the younger kids um, and like taking part in like arts and crafts. And it just it seems like she got some supportive and really meaningful relationships while she was there. It was in like the wilds of Hertfordshire somewhere. So she just she'd go for walks and it was she was, I think, left to be herself. There wasn't mm. that pressure from her family. Britain's got a lot more accessible green spaces. So, you know, you, you go 15 minutes from my house and there's a reservoir, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So if you think about it in those sorts of terms, you can kind of see why. Like, it's a bit, little bit of a slower, I wouldn't say I, slower yeah. pace. It is, slower pace. It is that, I think. There's just not so much of the pressure from her family who were, no. you know, constantly being photographed by the press and you know yeah. in living in new york and boston and washington it's you know it's a quiet part of the uk where she's just kind of left to be herself yeah i mean i hate it when i have to go to london for three days i get i'm like oh, i need to get out i need to go home away from the noise thank you very much so i kind of understand a little bit you know yeah there's yeah. a lot of go on, go on, i was gonna say just of course at this point you know the kennedys weren't as you know massively famous as they would be now i mean you know while they were well known in parts of america you know essentially the dad was an ambassador yeah they so didn't really know who he was here yeah and so you know there wasn't that same kind of or wouldn't have been that same yeah. um you know constantly being followed around or anything mm. like that mm. obviously his father would uh, become well known in yeah britain very <laughs> soon after which uh prompted a quick exit yes yeah, so <laughs> when the second world war started joe senior basically sent all his family back to america he at least made the kind of what's the word i'm looking for not condescension but he like he let Rosemary was, decision. Rosemary was the last per, the last one to leave England after like everybody else had been sent back and he let her stay at that school basically for as long as he could until he was like, oh, it's not safe anymore. Right. But I don't know if Daisy, if you want to talk a little bit, because I, I haven't, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about why, why Joe had to make a bit of a swift exit. I mean, it wasn't just the oncoming uh war there was a war on yeah it was yeah. it was his feelings about the war i think wasn't yes it? yeah but yeah it wasn't wasn't doing great for them um it's kind of you know from what i've seen you know she was sent back to the us sort of partly because you know the blitz was happening and you know mm. britain was getting bombed an awful lot including you know as far out into the countryside as as she could have been but also because he needed to leave quite quickly yeah right he became well known for being an unusual ambassador in saying that the country that he was living in was terrible right. and going to lose the war and there was no point of them even trying what he he what? he, 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 he didn't want americans to join the war did he 
no, 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 he never did. He thought it was he thought it was a pointless um war and that the Nazis were gonna win. And so, you know, lining themselves up alongside um Britain was frankly a foolish decision. He tried to set up meetings with Hitler to, you know, try and become a bit more, you know, friendly mm. in you know, for when the Nazis won the war. Yeah. He's labelled as a Nazi sympathiser, but basically he was sucking up a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he was sucking up a bit and quite frankly, where they have described him as a Nazi sympathizer, I think that is incredibly generous. Mm-hmm. Especially when you know what happens to Rosemary. You sort of think, yeah, I can imagine yeah. this man was perhaps more than sympathetic to uh hit this cause. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's worth noting that kind of in the 30s leading up to the second world war having these sorts of um anti-semitic views and pro-eugenics views Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just across the continent and across the world really actually wasn't that unusual it's one of those things that um people don't realize about the run-up and so you know they say oh how could the german people have let this happen it's because Mm. it wasn't actually unusual it sort of and it just kind of gradually and it was like a drip wasn't it it was kind of like a drip 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 and then all of a sudden oh my god this is out of control yeah 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 and so you know that in itself wasn't all that unusual no as well as you know the eugenics which is why you know we're not surprised necessarily that he didn't want rosemary's you know impairment condition disability whatever you would call it to be known because Mm -hmm. it would you know as he would put it quote taint the bloodline i was gonna say there's a lot of talk about bad blood yes yeah and don't sing taylor swift don't sing taylor swift (laughs) the only person i think who can get away with talking about that is taylor swift so yeah 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 so it's kind of he he didn't approve of the war at all didn't think they should be involved and even when they were involved thought they were on the wrong side of it because britain yeah. was going to lose and uh funnily enough after a after a while i mean it took a shockingly long time for him to be oh, like yes. sent away as the yes. ambassador like you're in britain saying this is a terrible war britain's going to lose this war i'm just going to go mm. over here and have a chat with hitler yeah and like they still didn't like immediately kick him out like i don't think he left until almost like the end of 1940 yeah no so he was essentially allowed to he wasn't kicked out at any point during this he was like allowed to leave like it was um the president it's kind of went do you think it might be a good idea if maybe you stopped being in britain yeah do you want to go home now please just just all of this this being in britain this being in britain thing isn't going great and yeah, you obviously have hate come it. home. Have you considered not being in Britain anymore? And mm. you obviously hate it, so why don't you come yeah. home? Yeah. Uh, okay, so she, we're back with Rosemary. She's yeah. in her early 20s. She's sent to a, another convent school. Mm. Uh, this one's called St. Gertrude's. Um, during this period, uh, Rose. Uh, her mum reports that after they came back from England, 
Rosemary was coming increasingly um, unmanageable. I've got a quote that says she was upset easily and unpredictably. Right. Some of these upsets became tantrums or rages during which she broke things or hit out at people. Um, so I, th I think considering how happy she had been in England, Mm. My personal feeling is that perhaps the reason that there was an increase in, um, you know, Her behavior is because she'd been living in this place where she'd been understood and had freedom and was supported and just kind of be herself. And suddenly she shipped back to uh, New York and America, Washington, I think. And she's just... Um, and she's suddenly under all this pressure again from her parents yeah. and from society. Yeah. And she's back in a place where she feels um, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think for somebody who like who, who liked routine and needed a bit of reassurance and probably found it a bit difficult to kind of not communicate with other people, but f make her communication understood by other people. Like, mm -hmm. I can understand why she was getting pissed off. Mm completely and um, on, a, on a side note she may have realized that you know english people do chocolate better that might may have helped a little bit as well you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's things like that true. you know that's yeah those kinds of things just the lifestyle over here i think is better for, for somebody who who struggles with you know cognitive ability maybe maybe our lifestyle over here is a bit more gentle and i'm not just talking about the chocolate either i just i i think the kennedys were not particularly great parents or family no. i've got another quote from rose like every mother i wanted my children to be as perfect as possible morally mentally and physically and i mean well, i wouldn't say you know what I wouldn't say every mother is like that. No, I think you want every your, good you want mother wants your child, their child to be happy. Happy, yeah, exactly. Not perfect. Yeah. <sighs> um, so Rose says that it was this increase um, in the kind of increasingly unpredictable violence and behaviour that led to their decision that they made in 1941. But we're going to come back to that because I think that there is another reason behind that. And I don't know if Daisy might have some extra stuff to kind of add to this. But basically, during this point in the 20th century, it was quite widely accepted that uh, women in particular with learning difficulties or cognitive differences uh, were very sexually promiscuous and deviant. Right. Um, and... Rosemary had started sneaking out of St. Gertrude's at night and going to bars and hanging out with like undesirable young men. Um, and so my feeling is that the real reason that what the family did to Rosemary happened is because they were worried about her getting pregnant. Okay. Um, Which is wild because like, it feels like such a square solution to a round problem. Mm -hmm. like, like particularly when, you know, around this sort of time, like, obviously I 
don't think anybody should have done this but at this time it was very common for um women and particularly disabled women to be sterilized yeah Mm -hmm. you know without being told yeah which you know obviously is also terrible don't do that but (laughs) like if if you wanted to solve that problem you know it's it's one of those things but it's it's the it was more than that because i was gonna say it was the they they were worried about the press finding out and the impact that that would have on their family reputation that you know she was going out and flirting with men and i mean she's she's beautiful and she's 23 and she's friendly and she's sociable like she's doing the most what like any other 23 year old woman is doing do. yeah. yeah but they are other are they well they they clearly are aren't they they're worried about the consequences of somebody like rosemary falling pregnant and then being in charge of a no you know that kind no, of, that's no that's not what they're worried about they're worried about somebody like rosemary getting pregnant or getting a venereal disease and the press finding out and they don't care about oh, rosemary. Because, she's, because she is a kennedy not yeah. because of the difficult, you know, the the difficulties and struggles she has. Oh yeah, they absolutely do not care about her safety or her views at all. No, it's even her sister Eunice even said that she thinks this is the reason why they had the surgery performed had on Rosemary. Rather than yeah, this is yeah. yeah. And it, and it was it was one of the sisters. It may well have been Eunice as well, actually, who said that you know essentially she was going out looking for you know love and affection. Yeah. That mm-hmm. she never, you know love affection and, and approval that yeah. she was never getting from her parents, which yeah. is you know fair enough. Yeah. 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 To be honest, if you don't want to hear details of what happened to Rosemary, then I suggest you skip ahead about six and a half minutes. So in the summer of nineteen forty one. Joe Senior started making inquiries about uh, a fairly new surgery that was being touted as a bit of a cure-all for all manner of cognitive disabilities and mental health issues. The surgery was being peddled in Washington by Walter Freeman, and uh, who was a doctor with no actual surgical knowledge, uh, and his partner, who was a neurosurgeon, uh, James W. Watts. Okay. This surgery was, of course, the prefrontal lobotomy. Um, so by 1941, prefrontal lobotomies were still considered uh, in the experimental stage. Um, and as late as August of that year, the um, Journal of the American Medical Association had warned people about um having it because it was increasing uh getting increasingly negative press um it there was talk of a lot of talk about the the, the brutality of the surgeons mm-hmm. and the dangerous and unpredictable outcomes uh it said that joe consulted with his family about the possibility of having rosemary lobotomized uh, her younger sister, Kathleen, who was working at a newspaper at the time, uh, apparently spoke to a journalist friend of hers who'd been um, writing stories about lobotomies and other um, treatments being used on mentally ill and cognitively impaired people. And uh, he, his response to Kathleen was that 
Following the surgery, patients don't worry so much, but they're gone as a person. Just gone. Oh, my God. Uh, but Freeman was a, song, a strong salesman. Mm. And uh, a lot of the US press were writing stories about, you know, the benefits of this life-changing surgery. Uh, ultimately, Joe decided that Rosemary would have the operation, although he supposedly didn't tell Rose about it until after it happened. Personally, what? I... Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, but just back up a bit there. He didn't tell his wife... That he was having his daughter lobotomized, apparently. I personally, I don't buy it because how... I was just gonna. I was just just gonna use the worst swear word going, but uh, you know, look. And I don't. I don't what? buy it. I think for that woman, for she was so controlling and involved, yeah. in, I find it very hard to believe that she didn't know. Um, what? So he did. What did he do? Did he take the heat when it all came out that we've had a lobotomized? Um, and he... so he went. He went, don't blame my wife, It's my. it was my decision, that kind of... It didn't come out until after he was dead. Okay. So, I... Well, how did, how, how did they explain it? Look. I will tell you in a okay. minute. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, but I think, I think that <laughs> Rose basically decided that she'd rather, you know, despite all the bad th and Joe, all, all the bad things that they'd heard, they decided they'd rather have like a compliant daughter with mm. no sort of personality than just Rosemary as who she was. Um, so this is our next, this is my big content warning. Um, I went back and forth here, like we've talked about it in messages and- um, Production meetings. And yeah, and I've been, I've been uncertain about how graphic to get in the description of what happened to Rosemary. Um, I don't want to, I've called it surgery throughout this, but I think surgery is not really the appropriate term for what happened to her. I think it is that what they did, this procedure was torture. Um, it was, it was tested on cadavers. There was no real trials before they moved into actually doing these, um, these procedures on humans um and the feedback from from watts and freeman was really sporadic and vague of course if if you want to find out about prefrontal lobotomies there is really graphic descriptions out there and okay. if you want the really gory details about rosemary's specific procedure they are in almost everything that i read um yeah they're but, really present you will fall over the descriptions of them yeah. it's just everywhere yeah. i think that is, that is also sad as well isn't it really that you you google her name and then they're everywhere that is the one thing she's known for is yeah the, the most awful. documented part of her life and that's awful. that's why i've decided not to go into a lot of detail here i don't think i don't think it's right because i think it's it sensationalizes what happened yeah we're not to here to make woman. it and glamour are we we're and actually it is this story is one of the most upsetting things i've ever read mm. like if if i'm 
if I'm ever this this is the episode where I cry and Lucy swears because it's <laughs> this is rough. Um so yeah. I'm gonna give you an idea about If I swear, if I swear, I'm sorry, Mom, but sometimes you just need to, don't you really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh so um Rosemary's lobotomy involved drilling holes either side of her skull and inserting a metal instrument into those holes. The purpose of doing this is to sever the connective tissue between the free prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain which is responsible for social behaviour, emotional responses, um, working memory, long-term decision-making, um, and like language and speech. And so severing the part of the brain that connects that part with the part of the brain that's responsible for motor skills and sensors. The intended result of the surgery is to help um, make... Help in, in air quotes there. It's to make people easier to control. Uh, they'd have less self-awareness, they'd have slower responses and a dull emotional range. Rosemary was awake during the surgery. Uh, she would have had a local anaesthetic, um, but she would have likely been very distressed by the instruments used, the noises and the sensations of what was being done to her, uh, even if she wasn't feeling any actual pain. During the procedure, Watts and Freeman talked to Rosemary. They asked her to recite the Lord's Prayer and sing God Save America. And when Rosemary's speech became slurred and incoherent, they stopped cutting. It didn't take very long to carry out the procedure. And um, afterwards, Rosemary was sent to a hospital to recover. It became quickly apparent that the surgery had left Rosemary unable to walk, speak or move one of her arms. She was sent to a private rehab clinic, um, favoured by the rich and famous, where she stayed for about seven years. So that's that's what Rosemary's family put her through physically. The emotional trauma um, will carry on, though. So, how are we all doing? I it's am a podcaster, and I am lost for words it is and i'm gonna cry <laughs> yeah no i am um, they that is like taking a sledgehammer to crack a nut isn't it really do you know what i mean the the reasoning we think and believe that she had that lobotomy are you know they are they are easy i don't care what challenges how challenging that person is or how difficult it may be to to get over that challenge it is but you they have a, what they essentially did was they destroyed her her soul if you ask me that is what they did because like the the, the you know her sister who was the journalist said you know she had conversations with people that said they're they're gone they're, they're not there anymore you are taking away somebody's personality somebody's soul 
just so that they can behave in a way that you see fit. And you, I'm sorry, you don't, you don't, you wouldn't treat an animal like that. They decided that their reputation was more important than of Rosemary's Health. whole being. Whole being, yeah. To them, she was an annoyance and would would be better off, you know, as a, as a, let's let she 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 wasn't a person; she was a problem, yeah. and they wanted to solve her solve that problem. And it, do you know, I would much rather have a, a loving family who understood me around yeah. me yeah. than fame, fortune, and what anybody else thought of me. For Christ's sake! When Jesus. I was when I was reading Sorry. this, no, no, no. While I was reading this. <laughs> You know, and knowing the the political power that the Kennedys still have, and mm. I just I thought I I thought I hated Donald Trump for the things he did to vast communities of people, but I think it takes a special kind of arrogance and sadism to do that to your child in your own interest. There, completely. Yeah. Blimey. Daisy, I think we're both speechless. You might have to take the next <laughs> 15 minutes while we just compose ourselves because I might start swearing and kicking off. I feel like I need to go and kick a bin very, very hard. Yeah, see, my, my current problem here is that I have things that I think are interesting, but it's hard to tell whether I think they're interesting because, um, as a person, I don't have feelings. Really? <laughs> yes, so... you do. No, go on, let's hear him. Let's hear him. <laughs> we'll tell you if it's... you have feelings or not. Yeah, like, we're on the we're on the edge. So, like, if you see us crying, you know to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take myself off somewhere and <laughs> Have a word. Give, give myself an interesting talk. <laughs> One of these things is that the, these two doctors who did you know, go around doing all of these surgeries, you know, destroying people's lives, is that they were weirdly the first people to diagnose rosemary with a mental illness yeah, rather right. than a cognitive impairment which is is it is something that now people are thinking more that she more likely had a mental illness mm. you know at least as well as yeah and it was because they didn't perform this surgery on people who were who, who had a learning disability or a cognitive impairment or they only performed this operation on people who they determined to be mentally ill it was depressed wives and lesbians, wasn't it, basically? Yeah, so, like, so, for example, it seems that uh, their diagnosis of uh, Rosemary as having a mental illness rather than anything else was um, for convenience mm -hmm. so that they could perform this surgery. Yeah, do you think as well, Daisy, that it was almost like, well, yeah, she, she, she doesn't really fit our criteria, but on the other hand, she is a Kennedy... It would be great for our marketing to say we've even operated on look people in high society. Yeah, look yeah. what we did look for her. Did yeah, to, yeah. So, so I mean, they were they were still, um, you know, operating within the medical establishment, and mm. it it was still, you know, pretty recent. You know, they were still doing this in the forties. The guy who invented this procedure won a Nobel Prize. Yeah, you know, they they weren't like hucksters on the corner of the street who were, you know, who they were still bound by the laws that would mean that they had to, you know, do patient confidentiality and, you know, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. They, they, you know, no doubt, you know, Joe turned up with a very nice large amount of money for them exactly. to do it. However, I don't think, 
um, it seems that that in itself wouldn't have been a motivation for them to perform a surgery where they wouldn't otherwise have done. I think they did genuinely believe that it could help. It could help, okay. But I think... I'm the, just cynical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think the difference is, is that um, a, a mental illness was seen as something that could potentially be cured in a way that even then i think you know they they considered you know someone who was born with a cognitive impairment learning disability these sorts of issues realistically they i think they they knew the chances of that ever being you know fixed wasn't really the case mm. and so you know if they could make them less docile by saying that you know they also had I don't know, mega depression, then that could help people out. It's kind of one of the baffling things about this procedure is how often it just did nothing. You know, we hear a lot about how tragic and awful it goes, like with Rosemary, and just half of the time, just nothing happened. Yep. I really am lost for words. I really am. Um... Yeah, and the fact they got a Nobel Prize as well is one of those, it makes me feel like, um, you know, like when... They, they give someone an award for like a big yeah. TV show or a big film they've done or something. And then yeah. the next, like about six weeks later, they say something really racist on Twitter. Yes. And you have to go, shit, we can't take that back. It's yeah. a bit like when McQueen gives out an OBE to Jimmy Savile and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. anything about that now. Yeah, we, we, can't, we can't give them an anti BAFTA. Like, <laughs> that's not a thing. You can't take, I mean, can you take back a Nobel Prize? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I've never personally tried. They should come with a receipt, shouldn't they? Really, like, oh, yeah. there should, there should definitely be like a not a not a returns guarantee, but a, no, we can take this is this is a like a behavior dependent. We yeah. will take yeah. this back I've, from you. Yeah. I have just googled it. It is not possible to revoke a oh no a Nobel Peace Prize. Maybe oh, another I... prize. Had. I don't know how I don't know how we're coming out of this still laughing. I mean that's testimony to our friendship, isn't it, really? I've I've got something it's it's awful, but in a slightly more hilarious way. So you're ready okay. for a bit of a tonal shift. Oh right, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. So after leaving the fancy rehab place, Rosemary was mm. sent to another institution where she would spend the rest of her life. This place was called St. Colette's School for Backwards Children. Okay, okay, that's a that's a new that's a new term. I've never well backwards. Apparently, they changed it some years later when one of the kids pointed out that they do not actually walk backwards, and it became known as the school for special achieving magic babies or some nonsense. If that sounds better. I would go to a special achieving magic baby school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of these school names they sound they sound like it's the title of a young adult Hog book series i was gonna say yeah, it's like basically hogwarts, hogwarts isn't it yeah 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 but like a, one from a series of unfortunate events yes yes yes, yes. hogwarts yeah. but with that horrible grim reality because <laughs> apparently losing both your parents before you're one is not a grim enough reality hogwarts with no ones mm. okay so this was a place where basically uh children and adults with uh learning difficulties cognitive impairments lived full-time uh joe commissioned for rosemary to have her own cottage along with her own private swimming pool bill so basically he's butchered her 
and then gone, you can have a cottage with a swim pool. Uh, Rosemary's family were told that uh, their sister was living as a recluse somewhere and the press were told that she was a kindergarten teacher uh, who wanted a quiet private life away from, uh, you know, the public eye. So apparently not even the family really knew what had happened to Rosemary. I mean, oh man. Oh. Rosemary's siblings and her mum did not visit Rosemary in her new home until after Joe died in 1969. And then what happened then? What were they like? Like, oh crap, what's happened to you, Rosemary? Like, oh no, they found out after he died. But yeah, I know. But then, like, what, like they, when they went to see her, they were like, shit. Like, they didn't see her for 20 years. And I'm convinced that 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 Rose at least knew what had happened to her daughter, knew how badly how it had gone. How did she live with herself? How did she live with herself? Because, she, like you say, I, Alice, I am of the score of thought as you. She must have known that that what did they say that she was a like? To, what did what did he say to the kids and her what his wife? That, to, he told the kids that she was she was a recluse and that. Um, and they obviously knew that she had, you know, health problems. Um, and I think he basically said, look, we've we've institutionalised her somewhere for her own good. You can't go and see her. That's, I'm sorry, that's bollocks. I'm, so, I'm sorry to use, it, I don't know what's happening in this episode, but like we're living in a parallel universe. But that is bollocks. You, you can't say to your wife and your other children... Rosemary's decided she wants to be a recluse because if that if somebody if my mom said that to me about my sister, uh, your sister wants to be a recluse, I'd be like, no, she doesn't. N- what? Like, I was going to ask- say when when you're you know that your sister's sociable and happy. Exactly. You wouldn't you go what to, what what what? You'd ask questions, not just sit there and go all right then, Dad. Yeah, fine, fair enough. I, th- I think that family was so controlled by their that parents weird if you ask me that family is weird sorry they were so controlled by their parents like you know the fact that even the wife didn't go and visit her for like rosemary had a lobotomy in 1941 and her yeah. mum didn't see her again until 1969 it's absolutely it's just disgraceful yeah so the implication that i've that i've had from the things that i've read is that essentially it was the decision of the two parents to separate her from the family that that Rose did know where she was but the the children genuinely didn't so when um one of them was uh running for office um I'm assuming it was um Jack yeah probably Jack because the the well there well, was he the, would have been the, running the for office in the in the late 50s wouldn't he yeah so th- so this is the 60s so this may have been JFK actually yeah that's, um, that's who Jack is <laughs> making up names for people I don't care that it's his actual name she's <laughs> like what what are you confusing me yeah it's, his name was John Jack Kennedy yeah, yeah. just call him John but, but nobody, call, nobody calls him John people call him Jack or JFK no we call what him John F. Kennedy <laughs> anyway <laughs> You're just calling it random Jack, like. All right, so Stephen. 
，所以<笑> President Stephen Kennedy. Yeah, we call it John from now on. <laughs> Yeah, so when he was running for office, they did have to explain where she was, and at that point, they didn't say that she'd been institutionalized because she'd had a lobotomy. They just said that she was ret- mentally retarded, and so、yeah. she was living elsewhere. So I mean, that in but, itself is disgusting. That, well, yeah, but you know, but I, I would imagine that the children didn't know where she was, but、no. they had been told that she had been. Institutionalized because they haven't been necessarily told of the surgery, but that just that she was living elsewhere. They、yeah. definitely, they definitely did tell all of the press and everything when they were asking questions that、right. she was a. I think they said that she was in the Midwest, which,、yeah. as we all know, is American for <laughs> far away to nowhere. <laughs> far away, you can never go there. It's、uh, a bit like when you say you sent the dog to the farm. You know that. Yes. You know.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, was, you know, often Timbuktu.、Oh, man. Oh.、Um, Rosemary's life at St. Clair's doesn't seem like it was so bad. I mean, it sounds like she was probably quite happy there.、Um, I think it's incredibly ironic that the life that she went on to live at St. Clair's is probably the life that she would have lived if they'd left her at that Montessori school in England or found her somewhere similar、mm. and just just left her alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, because she'd had a lobotomy, she needed much more support, different kinds of support.、Um, yeah. So in her cottage, she lived. She had two live-in carers who were nuns, obviously. Yeah. She needed help with like personal care. I believe she was incontinent now.、Um, she had difficulty moving around. Lot of difficulty with verbal communication, and could she understand what was going on around her? Was she able to, to an extent?、Yeah. Um, she and her her challenging behaviours and impulse control got even worse. Of course, he did. Yeah. Um. So a new head doctor arrived at some point and changed Rosemary's medication when after she'd been there. Uh, I think this was the early sixties, so she'd been there sort of ten years, and apparently her、um, verbal communication improved, but her speech and her cognition, she had a lot of difficulty understanding the passage of time.、Mm-hmm. Um, she would refer to herself as a baby, saying things like "baby doesn't like that." She'd get confused by her sort of siblings seeming like having aged. Right. She did regain the ability to walk, but she dragged one foot. I think it sounds like she she wasn't able to like lift it and move it forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it was heavy. Like yeah. yeah. Um, and I couldn't find any. I couldn't find a clear answer as to whether she actually was able to fully regain the use of her arm. But there are references to her like swimming and stuff again. So I'm assuming she must have done. Yeah, even if it's only slightly. Yeah, she she doggy paddled apparently. Um, yeah, so, so I've I've、yeah. seen it described as、um, palsied. Okay,、yes. yeah. She still she enjoyed swimming a lot. She had a private pool, and then her family also built her、uh, built like an indoor pool for the whole、um, like institution, so oh, that she could continue、nice. to swim in the winter time because she was in, her institution was in Wisconsin, which I don't、mm. think is known for being warm. She liked food. And eating, and all the stories about her, like later in life, they're all around like 
festive dinners and gatherings at the dinner table. Alice, are we now talking about the life of Lucy Ward? <laughs> <laughs> well, were you having big festive dinners with nuns? No, but I do cry over my Christmas dinner. It makes me very emotional in a good way because food is so nice. Hold on, hold on. You're saying that you something something ridiculous makes you cry. What a surprise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe I'm just dead inside. Maybe that's what Maybe, maybe. Um, and she also, later in her life, she spent a lot of time with her sister Eunice and her sister's uh, kids. And even, like, uh, right up until her death, she was really involved. Um, her Eunice and Eunice's family were very involved in Rosemary. I think she was the one she was closest to. Okay. Um, and Rosemary also had a little dog called Lolly, um, which I like because I call Lola that sometimes, um, who she apparently really loved. Um, and her one of her favourite things to do was to encourage uh, Lolly to get up on the furniture and then tell her off for being on the furniture. Right, okay. <laughs> so the dog was living in a permanent, like, confused state of... <laughs> What do you want me to do, woman? What? Um, but she was really fond of her dog, apparently. Um, well, it doesn't like dogs. I mean, yeah, that's certainly my feelings about it. This is where Daisy says she hates dogs. No, no, I, I'm good with dogs. I just You're generally prefer cats. <laughs> don't, don't tell Lola. But that's how I feel as well. Oh, controversial. So I'll uh, tell you a little bit about what happened to Rosemary when she uh, saw her mum for the first time uh, after 20 years. So obviously, uh, Joe Senior was dead um, and they took Rosemary to go and visit Rose. Rose didn't come and see her. They took Rosemary to visit her or possibly she's picking her up from the airport Anyway, their first reunion happens in an airport and uh, Rosemary sees her mum and recognises her like across the way. And she runs, she runs off from the nuns who are with her. And, you know, she's got this, she's got mobility issues. So I can't imagine she's moving at light speed, but she gets away from these nuns and she's running towards her mum. And her mum's like slow motion, arm spread ready to embrace her daughter again after 20 years uh, and upon getting to her Rosemary starts yelling and punching her mum so the book I read that they were like oh um they they that's because Rosemary knew how long she it'd been since she'd seen her mum like I've never met you Alice but I can assure you that when we all get together for our first team meeting I won't punch you in the face like no. nice to see you Alice smack 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 like, yeah I I is, reckon is this why I have like... so few friends <laughs> <laughs> no I reckon Rosemary was like you fucking did this to me she yeah. she, she knew Definitely. that she'd been betrayed by her yeah. parents you know I think you did this to me implies what kind of idiot stands there rose stands there going oh come here darling let me give you a cuddle like i've not seen you for 20 years how all you know how lovely to see you thinking that she's not going to know a damn thing about what's happened to her yeah. oh this makes me cross yeah i um where is that woman's self-awareness you know what i mean yeah she stayed close to the um rest of us she was close with her siblings and actually even you know before she was uh, lobotomized, it sounds like her siblings d 
did kind of you know they they wanted they just saw her as rosemary you know they would mm. take her her brothers would take her to dances as like a date so because they knew that she wouldn't be able you know there was no guys were going to ask her and you know she had I think they cared about her. By the time she eventually passed away, Rosemary lived into her 80s. She outlived uh, both of her older brothers. She also outlived her sister Kathleen, who was only 18 months younger than her. Kathleen, another testament to the wonderful parenting skills of Rose and uh, Joe Jr. Kathleen was ostracised by her parents after marrying a Protestant and uh, who... He died tragically, uh, he, he was British, he was a Duke. He died tragically while she, um, during the war. And mm. uh, then she died in a, she died in a plane crash and right. was uh, buried uh, with her husband in England with very little ceremony from her family. Uh, and then of course, I mean, her as brother- parent, As far as it goes, that is tip top, isn't mm-hmm. it really? Mm-hmm. It's checking all those boxes. All of them. Um, and they had then... such a bad track record with, like, <laughs> them all dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and, like then, so and then Bobby gets assassinated. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's like, I know in the olden days you had a lot of kids because they weren't supposed to make it past infancy. But that's that. this was the, you know, the 20s, 30s, 20s 40s. The 40s like, yeah. these, these, that's not the reason they had a lot of kids. You could have just... easily gone and had, like... A played a game of cards or read a book or something couldn't you really they i mean yeah it's they i read somewhere somebody i think it might even have been rose herself said oh what happened to rosemary was like the start of the tragedy of their family and this is why i believe in karma there's a lot of talk in the book about like all the good that has come out of what happened to rosemary and what her family did to her and like i think maybe you know that's all worth talking about sometime like the paralympics and stuff well hey um but oh, the special olympics I, rather than the yes, paralympics special olympics, yeah, i don't i hate sorry. that word i don't like that word no. it's it's very much an americanism isn't it yeah mm. i don't i don't want to end my story by talking about what of what happened like the good that supposedly came out of what happened to rosemary because i i think that just brushes it under the rug i think it just it you this is a huge injustice and i think the message i took away from this story is the is about the damage of the the social pressures and the family abuse of this woman this isn't about changes that you know the that jfk got in place when he was president or what Eunice did with the Special Olympics. This is about what they did to her because they couldn't control. They decided they'd rather, rob, I'm sorry, rob her of her personality than, and her individual and then have a child who's different. And I, it's I think, just, I mean, we, I think we have all grown up, haven't we? All three of us here have grown up with families that, that have loved us and have encouraged us and, to to them our differences make n- n- our, our differences and difficulties make no difference at all we are still loved the same as our siblings were you know we are still cared about we you know all that kind of thing and i i just i cannot imagine what it must be like to live with a family who don't give a shit do not give a shit about you 
and all they want to do is save face. That's what this is. This is them saving face, and we don't want anything that makes us look weird. Can I just can I just tell you that being different is not it's not a bad thing at all. In fact, it makes you a more interesting person. And, if you and ask the Kennedys me. are still sort of by a lot of people as like this fucking great white hope for liberal America, and I just think it's. I, I can't, I cannot forgive the entire, you know, dynasty for this. This is this is huge, egregious betrayal of their daughter. There's absolutely no, you know, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no, there's no saving grace, is there? Oh, I can see why. That. No, yeah. No. There's no amount of work, good works, no. I think, that make that better who knows i mean the the good work seemed to have you know very much been to kind of you know assuage the guilt particularly of the of the children which uh, i was saying i call them the children you know the the siblings of rosemary i mean they're not children are they they're all born in like the 20s i was gonna say they're most of them are dead now but (laughs) yeah 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 but but the thing is i think i do kind of believe that they didn't have a full understanding of what had happened to their sister I just can, just because of that. how yeah just because of how yeah. things were at that time but for what it's worth Eunice herself this is the um daughter who founded the special olympics from like a you know a summer's day out in her backyard mm-hmm. she has said herself that it wasn't it wasn't because that. of rosemary no 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 that you know there's probably an element of that in there somewhere but you know she said herself that it was very simplistic to just you know assume it was all all yeah. down to that yeah. it's it just I, I wasn't going to talk about this but there is a part of me that joe senior he had a stroke yeah. in 63 or something and it left him ultimately at the end of his life he was uh is paraplegic the right word he he had essentially no movement i think from the neck down yeah uh, he, uh yeah is he can't yeah, i think it's technically tetra tetra please Wait, yeah that high he spine and the neck yeah he um he couldn't speak he like he could not communicate verbally and he was completely incontinent he had to rely on others for all of his personal care and he got used to get really frustrated and really mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. that people wouldn't understand him. And he'd gone yeah. from being this powerful man to relying on all these other people. And I just, that quote about that he, he made about um, dollars, shining like dollars or being dull. There's a, there's a thing he says at the end of that quote is maybe it's the hand of God. And I, I, seeing what happened to him i think no mate that is fucking karma like i'm not saying that people who are who live you know without movement and people who can't communicate that it's not a life worth living but i i hope that he got a glimpse into how difficult it is and how frustrating it is and how rosemary will have had to fight her whole life to be yeah. heard i i and hope he the, when he died i hope he fucking knew how what he'd done to well, his daughter and there is an element isn't there of you know with him having a stroke he would have probably sat been sat there with his own thoughts because he couldn't communicate them i hope so of of oh my god 
that realization of this can happen. This is what I always say, isn't it, though, Alice? You know, disability can happen to anybody at any time. You know, you could get run over by a bus tomorrow, God forbid, and you could have been like a, you know, an athlete and a all this sort of stuff. You could get run over by a bus and still end up. You could have a stroke, like he did, and you could still end up disabled and whenever i say that even in my when i'm trying to educate people it sounds like a threat never meant to sound like a threat but it's true it's the yeah. truth you, you could it? become disabled any minute if you piss me off enough i was gonna say lucy's secretly learning to drive a bus <laughs> i know exactly that bit on the ankle that could bring you to your knees um that kind of thing but it is it's just like you know there by the grace of god really that's what it is so and yeah i that is yeah, that, they, that. The, the, can, can I just say, the Kennedys piss me off. <laughs> and, and the discussion And so me. much of what I read, like, is written by people who clearly love the Kennedys, even now. Like, right. there's so much arse licking in the publications. And, you know, people... Uh, one of the, the main source for this, there's a point in it where the woman goes, oh... She so Rose says something or another, and then the the author reflects and says, "Oh, clearly, um, Rosemary's lobotomy was as hard on Rose as it was on Rosemary." What? Don't even. <laughs> I nearly punched my iPad. It was just. I don't think I've. I, my mum uses this phrase where she says, "I'm so angry I could spit," and I think that is the first time I've ever really felt a visceral connection yeah, to that venom, isn't it? yeah i was so angry yeah I, th- I think with them it's one of these things that you know because so many of them died at times they would have considered you know untimely they didn't mm. have a chance to become unpopular towards the yeah. end of their term yeah. like yeah. you know most of the other politicians. presidents yeah. and politicians yeah. yeah in general and yeah. you know they're they're held up as kind of, you know, the highest standard of American politicians because, you know, they sort of were because they were only there for about 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's really difficult to piss off the entire country <laughs> in that yeah. amount of time. Yeah. So that was Rosemary. Well, that's been a really heavy, uh, he- we were, we were going to do this, this, uh, history lesson in one sitting, weren't we? But, um, this has, been a very heavy episode where there's a lot to digest i'm quite angry um so and i think me chiming in with horatio nelson you know suffering with chronic seasickness is taking away somewhat what we've just talked about so i think yeah. we're going to split these two history episodes in and we'll just release like one in yeah a, I, well in i think that's a good chat it's a pretty long one so yeah so yeah. um and it will give me more of a chance to um, research and actually understand the French Revolutionary Wars. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, we will see you next time for another edition of the Label Podcast with a, a history lesson featuring Daisy Holder. And um, in the meantime, head over to our GoFundMe. We would like to be able to pay all the people who do all the hard work behind the scenes, i.e. Adam. Um, who bends over backwards for us on top of doing his full-time job and us three just chat nonsense for an hour um, and cry. So, yeah, guys, follow us on all of the the things. And if you've got some spare pennies, please chuck them our way. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time, Daisy. I know that's been very heavy. Um, 
we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. See you. Thanks for listening to the Labelled Podcast. If you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Labelled Podcast. Uh, thanks go to our editor, Adam Hall, our music composer, Maisie Crunden, and our graphic designer, Sarah Coley. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.